Welcome to Dawn Patrol, the 30A morning show. Good morning! Presented by 30A Cottages and Concierge. Yeah! <laughs> Online, 30acottages.com. All right, so um, we are coming to you live today from Justin Gaffrey Studio Gallery in beautiful Blue Mountain Beach. And, um, of course, you can't come to Justin Gaffrey Studio Gallery without sitting down with the Honorable Justin Gaffrey. So thank you for joining us today. Wow, I should have made you guys rise if I was honorable. <laughs> All right. Well, you're wearing the robe. <laughs> I mean, at least that's half the battle. Um you know, I just we, we appreciate you letting us come in here. This is a, if you've never been to the to the studio here in Blue Mountain Beach, it's really one of the most authentically 38 places there is, I think, and it's also just incredibly inspiring. And it's been fun to kind of watch it evolve over the years. You've been here for a long time. You've been here on not just on the Emerald Coast, but you've been here on 30A for a long time. Yeah, 90. Oh wait, no, 80. What am I? 90. 87. Yeah, 87. On the 30A. And how did you how did you end up here? Especially because back then, I have to imagine, it was a pretty remote, isolated place. Um, as I was just telling Corey, because um, I got too much trouble in Fort Walton. <laughs> right, so they banished you from the kingdom. <laughs> they threw you over the bay. and There was not many people out here for me to get in trouble with. So, yeah, for real. Yeah. And so, uh, like a lot of great creative minds, you struggled a bit in school. That's an understatement, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't do well in school at all. I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. So that was my biggest problem. I had no problem learning. I just don't like being told what to do or what right. to learn. Right. And do you think that's part of what makes a creative mind successful? Or do you think that that's just you as a person? You know, Or do you think that's something that's intrinsic in artists? I'm not really sure, but I think it's about um, living like it live. You know, some people grow up and like everybody lives in a structure and a rigid life. And I never had a structure or a rigid life, which is not good in some ways. But in some ways you see life differently mm -hmm. and you're not forced to look at a life through a box like everybody else tries to make you look. So then you see everything creatively. You right. Know? So but I don't know if it has anything to do with correlates with not doing well in school. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, growing up in the, say, 70s and 80s. Do you feel like the education system recognized your issues? Or, I mean, are, were you just a troubled kid or were you kind of, uh, you were ready to light something uh, creative um, and it just wasn't there for you? I mean, there just wasn't the structure there for you. I feel like I'm in therapy now. Um. <laughs> Go back to your childhood. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> um, well, of course, I feel like, you know, when, you know, they let kids down when there's just little minor issues and then they just kind of push you away, you know, mm -hmm. but that's just my own personal issue. Well, as a parent now, what advice if you have uh, if a parent out there has a, a child who's either struggling in school or maybe they feel like they have artistic creativity that's not being tapped into? What advice would you give a parent, you know, who like what sort of signs should they be looking for? Or what what can they do when they feel like maybe uh, this this person is looking for a, a creative outlet? Um, be there as much as possible for them and have an extremely open mind. Mm -hmm. And don't close your mind to their issues or your own issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you come out of school and what's your first job? Out of school? Um, yeah. Like a busboy. Yeah. That's all there was to do in this area. I was in the restaurant business. Right. And I grew up in the restaurant business. My father owned restaurants. So um, I pretty much stayed in the restaurant business until I was 30 years old. And um, 
you know, wanted, I eventually wanted to be a chef, and that's, um, that was my thing. I still love cooking. I'm upstairs cooking right now. That's what I've been doing all day. So you, um, basically, this is one of those things where you were a chef in a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you were, and, and then what was the catalyst that prompted you to explore your artistic side? It's probably a twofold thing. One, I were I was a chef at that. Well, I owned a restaurant, but before then, I was a chef at a country club, and um, I'd see a lot of people like, like spend their whole lives to get to a point where they're retired and hang out and play golf and move to Florida. But they weren't happy. They were kind of miserable, sometimes mean. And of course, there were beautiful, awesome people too. But I was like, this is crazy. These people working their whole lives to come to this point, and I knew being working in the restaurant business was was a hard hard business and so i decided to get out because i didn't want to work 80 hours a week and then blink my eye and i'm 60 70 years old and used all my energy in that you mm-hmm. know i love cooking still love cooking but i hate the restaurant business right you know so i just got out you know woke up one morning it's funny i just woke up one morning and i said the first thing the first thing i thought when i woke up was like i'm like i can't do this anymore like i got home at one o'clock in the evening and then got had to go to work at 10 in the morning. I'm like, my very first thought was I cannot do this anymore. And my next, like within a split second was I'm not. And I got out of bed that morning, decided to sell the restaurant and was done in six weeks and never turned back. And um, was probably going to go into real estate because I used to flip houses. But I started building furniture and then I started painting and I pretty much haven't stopped since. So your art. You know, uh, even in the short time relatively that I've been here, I've been here nine years, I've seen your art evolve in, in such a short period of time. How it has evolved since the beginning, since 1986, uh, or, or whenever you started art, I know you moved here in 1986. When, how has your art evolved over the years, would you say? There's a different understanding what I have about what art is. You know, when I was younger, I thought art was like, you know, making something cool. You know, or making something beautiful, just like a plate of food, you know, making people happy. But my understanding of art has completely changed beyond aesthetics of just something beautiful or cool looking to something that has value and meaning in the world. And um, mostly through interpretations of my own life. And so my art has become just like an understanding of life. And it's completely changed from from what it was. And now I spend a lot of time and, and energy and effort and excitement making these pieces as I'm going through certain things in life and expressing them in my art as opposed to, you know, painting a cool seascape or painting a cool lakescape or painting a beautiful painting of flowers and all that, which I still like doing. It's kind of a meditation doing that sometimes, but I get more out of making the pieces that are relative to the deeper understandings of life. So how does an artist, you know deal with the realities of the financial and the business side of it you know there are certain works of art that you know your fans love they love the seascapes they love the 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 shots of western lake they love the um the pine trees and the things that you do and yet as a creative mind i have to suspect that once you've been there and done that you know you're ready to to challenge yourself in new ways so once you finally find something that becomes a lucrative means to, to, to abandon the starving artist uh, ship and, and to move more into the professional artist realm. How do you balance that creatively? I mean, do you, do you kind of say, okay, I, you know, going to carve out a certain amount of time to do these things that pay the bills. And then I'm going to spend the rest of my time doing the fun stuff. Or, I mean, is, is there a, is there a formula for that? 
I just keep ripping my hair out one hair at a time. <laughs> You've got three days left. I know. Okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, painting all those paintings, they were all original creations at one time, and I was really excited about them. And still at times, I still don't mind painting them, but painting a lot of them, it gets exhausting. And it's just like it always reminds me of when somebody is like a has a hit song mm-hmm. and they have to keep playing the song over and over. Right. And I don't want to be the guy on stage when I'm 60 years old, bald, <laughs> singing the, my hit from the 70s. You know, right. I just right. don't want to do that. You know, so I'm pushing the boundaries to to do new things. Also, well, well, I think I could still maintain a balance of doing Everything I love doing, it's just, it's an all finding moderation and not painting 500 paintings as opposed to now I like to paint just a few hundred paintings at the most. I really like to be down to 100 paintings a year. Right. Maybe one year I'll be down to 50. That would be so awesome. So do you do them when you get into the studio? I mean, and if you've never visited the studio here in Blue Mountain Beach, it's really not only a great gallery, but it is a working studio, right? I mean, you're in here, you know, creating a lot. Well, I just actually made a shift where I, mm-hmm. I built my warehouse, and so I still have a studio in here, but I don't work in here so much anymore because I don't have the space. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. uh, I built this 5,000-square-foot studio, and now what's awesome about the new studio is the amount of space that has allowed me to expand what I do. So now I'm working in wood and metal, and so I couldn't do that in my, in my existing studio here at mm-hmm. the gallery. So now I have a, a building of wood shop and a metal shop in there, and so now I'm sculpting... Uh, large metal and wood pieces, you know, and I'm I'm bringing different medias, and I could bring work on really large pieces now, you know. Mm-hmm. So like I was chainsawing in my in my shot in my studio the other day, you know. <laughs> you can't so do I, that with your neighbors here. There's there's yeah. zoning ordinances. Yeah, yeah, and plus I live here, so yeah. <laughs> well, so obviously you've been here uh, a long time. You've seen a lot of change on 30A. Do you think? the change that's taken place here along this corridor is reflected in any way in your artistic style? Never really thought about that. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, you, the change you mean by, you know, more people well, come in, I, more development? I mean, or? That, you know, your early style, uh, and again, I'm an amateur art enthusiast, you know, so I, I, I don't know the proper terminology, but, you know, you had a very folk art uh, style early on, some of the, the things that you see with, um, uh, and then you kind of evolved into the landscapes, and now you're doing much more contemporary, abstract, um, really three-dimensional type works with multi-types of materials. And I just wonder, you know, I can't help but think that in 1986 or when you first got here, you know, 30A was a little more rustic uh, as a destination, and over the years it became a little bit more about the scenery and the destination, and then you start to get into the contemporary architecture and the design and the the the, the more edginess of, of the architecture and interiors that we're seeing here i just didn't know if there was any you know similarities there or was it just pure random i don't i think it's both Mm -hmm. honestly i think it's both no matter like if i if i lived in san francisco yeah i might have picked up on things sooner or at a different time and i did pick up on folk art being living here in the south and that's where i started and so maybe if i lived in san francisco i maybe not would have started with folk art so who knows i don't know but there's also just general evolution um, as we get older, we understand things different no matter where we are, you know. So I just coincidentally was in the South, so I started with folk art. So, yeah, it's definitely changed. But I think it just comes with age, you know, mm-hmm. you know, becoming more, having more wise understanding about life and, and what you do and what your place is in it, you know. So that makes a difference, too. Is there a, 
a, a term for your style? I mean, you know, you, the, the, the images and, and the pieces you have right now, I mean, are so not paintings. I mean, they're just so three-dimensional. They're, they're, they're three-dimensional sculptures, but yet they're still mounted uh, many cases on a canvas. Is there anybody else out there doing stuff like this? I mean, this is so original and so creative that, you know, it just, is there a name for it? Is there a term for it? Or are you making it up as you go? I, I truly make it up as I go. When, when I was in New York uh, earlier part of the month at all the armory shows, big, some of the biggest art shows in the world are there and all the contemporary art. And I very rarely saw anything even coming close to what this is. Mm -hmm. And um, being a self-taught artist and holding yourself up in a studio kind of gives you the opportunity to just make things up as you go along. I imagine maybe if you went to school, you have this kind of all these ideas that are set in you, like all these techniques, but I don't have those. So I just kind of mm -hmm. make them up as I go along. And I've just always learn how to make everything, whether from building my houses or, um, you know, building anything I just, or cooking, you know, I don't use recipes and I just like to just do things on my own and figure them out. Mm -hmm. And that's the best way to learn is just figuring them out mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. like start tearing things apart and putting them back together. Yeah. And so for someone who's never been to your studio gallery here in Blue Mountain Beach, what you know, what do you want them to take away from it? I mean, you know, obviously, except a, a very expensive painting, but I mean, other than that, you know, I mean, the experience here is is really uh, old 30A meets new 30A in a lot of ways. I mean, what, uh, what, what, t describe the space to someone who's never been here. Well, that's, I mean, to answer the first part of the question is what I want them to take away when I get here, when they come here is the coolest thing that happens is no matter if they're six years old or 80 years old, you know, in every age in between, is my favorite thing is when somebody has a connection to something when they connect to a piece of art not just buying it but when they you know you see some people like really resonate with an idea or an emotion of mine and you you know sometimes you know they they get hot they get emotional too and that's just that's a really awesome thing to happen it's like almost like you feel understood in the world mm -hmm. by somebody else and that's that's one of my favorite things and so when people leave here haven't felt something like that. I love it when people do that. You know, of course, I love it when they walk away with a painting too. You know, <laughs> sure. and some people buy paintings for what they emotionally feel, and some people buy them for what they look like. You know, and I'm happy for either, and I'm grateful for both. Mm -hmm. You know, have the fans of your uh, traditional landscapes? Are, are you finding that the people who are fans of your original work, whether it's the sunflowers and the landscapes that you became well known for? Are they the same people who are coming in and now buying the more contemporary pieces, or is that a different audience generally? I'd say it's a very minimal crossover. There's a small crossover, but it's uh, in general a, d a new audience. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's you know, and I understand. I mean, to go from a sunflower painting to you know a rib cage full of of, of <laughs> a skeleton full of flowers, you know, it's <laughs> it's a different thing, and I get it, you know. Right. So. Um, you know, but some of the people cross over, you know, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it is, it's now it's definitely create, create a new audience. And it's one of the reasons why I'm excited about being out of seaside now, because that kind of latched me to this space. It kind of like anchored me to have to have a lot of inventory to sell, to just keep the business going. And now I'm, I have time freed up to paint more things. And then our intentions are now to start traveling around the world and really showing the work to get to show the contemporary work for a wider audience for the mm -hmm. contemporary work. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the gallery is transforming into a contemporary gallery as well. And we still carry both both styles of work, 
but also what I'm excited about is in the future, probably starting this fall, is to host in other contemporary artists and bring in more contemporary art that deals that that dives in to deeper things, you know, and start showing them in our area because um, it's what I'm interested in and I'm excited to share that. So right. Right. Well, a lot of people, you know, um, who aren't from this area might not know that a couple of years ago, Justin had so many um, paintings that he didn't particularly care for that he just stuck away in storage. And rather than discard them, uh, he donated them to charity. And there was a one night art auction here at the uh, Blue Mountain Studio. And I think were you kind of surprised um, that, you know, all of these paintings that you had just stuck away in attic space and storage space raised over $100,000 in one that, night for charity? That was pretty awesome. I'm so happy that it all worked out that way because, yeah, I, I, I was actually really surprised because... I mean, we get more personal with the work, so we we tend to dis when you when you're an artist or whatever medium you're in, you start to be more critical and dislike mm-hmm. some of the stuff you do. So yeah, it was definitely a shock. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, um, for anyone who wants to find out more about Justin Gaffrey, um, the first best way, if you're here on Scenic 30A, is to visit uh, the studio gallery space, actually in Blue Mountain Beach. Um, and if not, if you're not here, justingaffrey.com, um, has uh, a lot of information about the artist and his works and, and, you know, you're a true pioneer in the area, not just, um, as, as a resident and local, but as an artist, you've really kind of set the standard. I think that all other artists are trying to keep up with, and it's wonderful to see that while you're continuing to offer the traditional stuff that a lot of people come here, uh, wanting to see, it's really wonderful to see you kind of not resting on your laurels and kind of setting uh, a, a new, uh, standard. I think you're always, uh, probably going to be that way. Always innovating. Yeah. That's why I'm definitely going to be bald for the rest of my life. Keep tearing my hair out, but it's fun. It keeps you on your toes and, and it makes life exciting to, to do it to do it like that for sure well thank you uh for your time justin listen um uh, one of the things we always try to do is whenever we're sitting down with friends and locals is uh ask them to introduce us to a little bit of uh, music that that we might find on their playlist or on their favorite cd or whatever medium you choose i mean what uh what artists are you listening to these days you have any uh favorites that you want to tune uh tune the rest of the world into I am all over the place from opera in the morning all the way to who knows what. So that doesn't surprise me. For and some reason. The, yeah. It's very dramatic. The music I listen to sometimes, but a new guy that I really like that I listened to late lately is sun kill moon. And there's a song called Ben's my friend. And I like, it's a fun song. And, um, so that's a cool song. All right. We can do that. And uh, we sure appreciate your time. And again, anyone who's here really owes it to yourself. Uh, you owe it to yourself to come visit the studio gallery, Justin Gaffrey Studio Gallery in Blue Mountain Beach or justingaffrey.com. Thank you for your time, Justin. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. I woke up this morning, August 3rd. It's been a pretty slow and uneventful summer. Went to visit a friend in Santa Fe. Went to New Orleans and went to see my family. Woke up this morning Need a one more track to finish up But I was feeling out of fuel and uninspired Laid in my bed too long, a little down, a little tired Met my girl and we walked down Union Street I was scattered and my head was in a bunch of places Bought a $350 pair of lampshades And we ate at Perry's and I ordered crab cakes Blue crab cakes Blue crab cakes Crab 
distracted and asked what was going on with me. I said I can't explain it, it's a middle-aged thing. She said okay and ate her eggs benedict. And I looked at the walls cluttered with sports bar shit. Sports bar shit. Sports bar shit. Sports bar shit. Bye-bye. 
special thanks to Justin Gaffrey. Check him out online, justingaffrey.com, for being on Dawn Patrol today and our guest host, Mike Ragsdale. You can catch this show again online at 38.com, inside the 38 app for iPhone and Android and iPad, Instagram at 38 Radio, and now broadcasting live from the beaches of South Walton on Periscope. We'll see you next time on Dawn Patrol. Dawn Patrol, presented by 38 Cottages and Concierge, with properties in Rosemary Beach, Seacrest, Seagrove, Seaside, and Watercolor. Unpack, relax, and forget where you're from. 38cottages.com. 